Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hi, folks, you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 163 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on May the 15th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. What's going on, buddy? Nothing. Here we go. Folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day. And we want to share that magic with you. So, pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the match together. Pete! Kevin. What's going on, man? Nothing. Nothing no, Nothing going on? No no new Disney updates? No do trip you, updates? Do you actually have a favorite pair of headphones? Um, yeah, the ones I'm wearing right now. Huh. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I'm going to try and... I'm going to find a favorite pair of I headphones. prefer the headphones that go completely over the ears. Right. Than the ones that like than than earbuds because I don't know maybe my ears are just weirdly shaped but earbuds tend to fall out. But then again, uh-huh. like I can't really like because like sometimes I have the I have Lou Mangello's walking tours of Walt Disney World and I'd love to like I've always wanted to like go to the Magic Kingdom and listen to them while I go through and like learn more and stuff because they're very very good. Um, but I don't I don't want to wear like big clunky over the ear headphones and I can't stand earbuds so. Okay. Well, Maybe if you welcome if to you, my first uh, world problems. <laughs> <laughs> what if you wore a poncho and put the hood up? No one would notice you had on your big clunky headphones. Um, you know what? The problem there, there's so many more problems with that that are that's caused. So the poncho is not happening, Pete. No matter how how much you want it to happen, it almost happened. It I almost did it for not so scary two years ago. Yeah, it was like a bad downpour. It was a bad downpour, and I was like, what if I get a poncho, and I'm just going to be like, my costume is like person in Disney who wears a poncho. Like, that's the only way I could get away with it, probably. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, we have got a great show for you guys. We've got a great ticket attraction today. We are super happy to be back here. So, Pete, what do you say we hop right into the news? Oh, let's get to it. Yep. The news brought to you, as always, by our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. Um, okay, so we got no worldwide news this week. It's a very non-broad week, but that's okay, because last week we had a plethora of worldwide news. Yeah, we had news for a month last week. Exactly. Uh, so we have some Disney Springs news, however. Construction okay. is currently underway for Planet Hollywood's quick service location. Hmm. Now, I will point out, Planet Hollywood and Disney have not made a formal announcement about this yet. Okay. However, plans were filed back in February uh, for an expansion to create a restaurant inside of the restaurant. Now, where is that going to be? It's uh, So the walls are currently up along the side near the entrance to the gift shop. So over on the World of Coke side of, of Planet Hollywood. Right. Okay. There's a lot of construction going on right there because that's where they're building. Um, I think they're, they're putting the new Wolfgang Puck um, sit-down restaurant there as well. Interesting. Yeah. We got some resort news for those of our friends that are staying or have uh, reservations at the Swan and Dolphin Resort uh, coming up this month. 
the boat dock is closing for a refurbishment from May 14th and reopening to guests on May the 26th. So if you are looking to take a boat to the Swan and Dolphin or take a boat from the Swan and Dolphin to any of the resorts, you're not going to be able to do that during that time period, that 12 days or so, because there will be refurbishment going on. You have to straight up just use buses? Buses or the walking trail is open. And I mean... The Swan and Dolphin is super close to um, to both studios and Epcot. And, it's, and like I've said right. before on the show, it's a very nice walk. So highly I recommend they, the walk. I wonder if they increase like any of like the – do they provide more buses? Have to, right? I would assume they have to to make up for the lack of uh, boat transportation. Right. But I, I don't have any actual news about that. Uh, this is in addition to the um, reduced or, or the closed down boat service to Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is going on because of the um, the bridge construction going on for currently going on at the Swan and Dolphin. So a lot of things going on at the Swan and Dolphin that are affecting guest transportation. Really? We have got some Magic Kingdom news this week, sponsored by our good friend Dimitri Ivanis and his show, Chewing Clock. Uh, Chewing Clock is the new college football podcast from the mind of our old friend Dimitri Ivanis. Sometimes he and co-host Tyler McComas are breaking down the action on the field. Other times he's explaining why Notre Dame football is the space mountain of college football. Episodes of Chewing Clock are really short and can be and are posted every weekday morning on Stitcher, iTunes, and at armchairallamericans.com. Um, so over in, over in, um, Magic Kingdom, work is currently underway for the Tron Light Cycle Roller Coaster. I am so excited about this. I'm pumped, like super pumped. Me too. Uh, the, now it's set to open 2021, probably for the 50th anniversary. Right. That's what I'd heard too. Uh, but, uh, they have cleared land. It's visible from the roof of the Contemporary. That's the pictures that I saw. There's fencing up around the area, and it's all cleared out, so they are ready to start building. Now, I am like the geek who actually really likes Tron. Me too. So I'm super excited about this. Do you think it's going to be an exact uh, copy of the original Tron coaster? I do. I mean, I hope it is. I think that one looks super fun. It does look super fun. I don't like that it goes outside. I mean, I get that it's cool. I love that. I get that it's cool that it goes outside. It's just, I don't know. I feel like it takes me out of the whole Tron-like story. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I can't imagine. This is going to be one of those rides that, I mean, you could ride it during the day. That's cool. But I think everyone's going to want to ride this ride at night. I think so, too. I think it's going to be really neat. And when you do go outside and you see Space Mountain all lit up, that'll be pretty neat. Yeah, I I just I think it's going to be awesome. I complain about the going outside, but I will, of course, still enjoy it. Unless it's raining. Unless it's raining, and then it'll be like, um... well, and you know what? There's the other thing. If there's an outside component to it, when it's thunder and lightning, they're going to have to shut that ride down. Right. So maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't going to be an outside component. Yeah, because... Although, I think part of the allure of that ride is actually the length of it. You know, unlike something like Space Mountain, which is, you know, right here, and the track kind of, like, circles around itself. I mean, this is something that goes really long. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you can go really long like that and make it entirely inside and have it be kind of like through Tomorrowland, you know? Right. But it would be a major drag if like, you know, the second lightning appears in the sky every single day here in Central Florida, <clears throat> they shut that but thing maybe, down. Maybe it's semi-covered somehow. I mean, do they shut down the, you know, TTA? No, you they know, don't. That covered. Right. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You ever been in a roller coaster in the rain, though, like an outdoor roller coaster? Even if it's covered, um, like when it's going fast, the way this will probably go fast. Like I I remember I was on nitro at six flags. Uh, my, one of my first ever roller coasters ever went on. It was like 
just drizzling out, and the rain was like it was like getting hit in the head with like pebbles. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. It was not fun. Uh, so we've got some Epcot news uh, brought to you by the Disney Dads podcast for a great family-friendly look at Walt Disney World to the eyes of three dads. Check them out over on iTunes and Stitcher and at Podbean. Uh, a new signature restaurant is coming to Epcot. This is big news for you, Peter Mandel. Yeah, hit me. A uh, new Japanese restaurant will be coming to the Japan Pavilion. It'll be operated by Mitsukoshi, which is the company that operates all of the current uh, restaurants in the Japan Pavilion, as well as the Mitsukoshi Department Store retail location. <coughs> uh, no real news about it, except for the fact that it will draw from nature and takumi, which is Japanese for artisan. And uh, no opening date set yet, but uh, nor is there a location set, but it is said that... Tepan Edo and Tokyo Dining will not be affected. So I'm wondering where they're putting this. Wow. So a full-blown third location. Yeah. I mean, what other pavilion? Does any other pavilion have three restaurants? <sighs> I mean... Tokyo yeah. Dining's a sit-down restaurant, right? Yeah. So that would be three table three table service restaurants yeah, they're all, and, they're a quick, all and a quick service. Right. Because there's That's the quick service up by the Koi Pond. You know, you have to think that they must be, you know, it's almost like we were just talking about the Plant Hollywood counter mm. service. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I mean, is there that much demand for counter service in in Springs? Just because there's so much of it. But I mean, honestly, I don't think they would do it if there wasn't. So they must have such high, you know, volume at those two restaurants in that pavilion that, I mean, they feel they can put a third one in. I think maybe it's like for American audiences, the Japanese uh, pavilion is one of the most, uh, well, I mean, it's one of the most visually stunning, but it's also one of the most foreign, I think. And, you know, who doesn't love hibachi? Who doesn't love sushi? Um, well, I mean, lots of people, but I mean, it's it's a very, it's very popular with American tourists. So I could totally see, see that. I, I mean, I would personally never really have the, I've been there um, multiple times, but I, going forward, I highly doubt I would go that often, but just because... Hibachi and sushi have become so prevalent. I mean, they're kind of everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know what? I think it's also the fact that Disney is not like this is not 100 percent out of Disney's pocket. Mitsukoshi is basically owns and runs and rents the space. Right. Right. So that's probably it, Uh, which is, you know, Mitsukoshi, I believe, also runs the um, the Japan um, kiosks during food and wine and the other festivals throughout the year, which is why. Uh, when when it thunders and lightnings, any kiosk that is operated by owned and operated by Disney will shut down. Any kiosk that is not operated by Disney will continue to run like normal. So Japan, France, Morocco, those all stay open in the thunder and lightning. So if you're at Food and Wine or one of these festivals, and yeah, you know, the Canada Pavilion shuts down because oh no, thunder and lightning, just go over to France or to Japan or Morocco. That's interesting. Yep. Okay, um, Disney has also confirmed where the space restaurant is going to be. There's been a lot of debate about that over okay. the last year. Uh, so since that was announced at T23, <coughs> this is an indoor restaurant that makes it look like you're dining in space at a space station. Really cool idea. Uh, a lot of people uh, believe that it was going to be in the Wonders of Life Pavilion. They were going to retool Wonders of Life for that. That is not the case. They are. It's going to be a new freestanding structure being built in some cleared land that is between uh, Mission Space and Test Track. Huh. No official word on opening yet, but estimates are for 2020, which would put it open ahead of the Guardians of the Galaxy um, indoor roller coaster. 
So that's going to be a pretty crazy area. You're going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. You're going to have Mission Space, a space-themed restaurant, and then Test Track. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing to think of you know, all these changes. It's just so crazy for me to think of like, all these new things we're going to have to do in the next couple of years. I can't wait to see what the menu is going to be like for this restaurant. I mean, like, I would have to hope, like, astronaut ice cream or something like that for dessert. Uh, I mean, I think that's a given. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what are they? I, I don't know. I, I don't think of food as being space-themed. Right, right. So it's going to be interesting to see what they, uh, you know, what what they bring to it. Or if it's going to be, if it's going to be, like, any kind of specific cuisine, if it's just going to be kind of all over the place. I'm very interested to see what that's going to be. Uh, yeah. No Animal Kingdom news this week, but we do have some Hollywood Studios news. <clears throat> the Toy Story Toy Story Mania is closing for refurbishment from June 11th to June 19th. Now, this is to complete moving the entranceway into Toy Story Land. So right. the attraction reopens on June 19th. And for the next, like, you know, nine days or 10 days after that, the entrance will remain in Pixar Place. And then on June 30th, the entrance relocates officially to Toy Story Land and that opens. Um, in further news on this attraction, the fast passes and all three tracks are back in operation as of May the twentieth. Okay. So that that ride will be back to. Uh, so not only were the fast passes gone, but one of the tracks was shut down. So I mean, it's, it's that just, wait must have been lengthy. Yeah, I, I honestly I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but it must have been really really lengthy. Um, I haven't gotten over to Disney at all in the last like two weeks. Why is that? Busy? I've been really busy. Work stuff and finished a new book, so it has been uh it's been super busy. But I am plan I'm gonna hopefully get over there some it's supposed to rain all week this week, but I'm hopefully gonna try to get over um get over there sometime this week. You gotta get your Disney in. Of course. Uh f- all right, folks, that does it for the news this week. <clears throat> We're gonna take a quick commercial break. We're gonna hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network, and then we'll be back with our e ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More two men in the mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave you're likely to pay less and get more and what's better than that Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. 
Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. All Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends on his name on it. Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to KingdomStrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit KingdomStrollers.com. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. Are you ready for a dad's take on Disney? Well, look no further than the Disney Dads Podcast. We dive into so many... Hold up, hold up, Justin. 
it's not just for Disney dads. We can look at Disney from every perspective and all are welcome. We take a dive into Disney history, Disney attractions, Disney movies, and so much more. You're exactly right, Jason. And everyone can find us at www.disneydadspodcast.com. On the website, you can find all of our social media. You can also find our SoundCloud channel, where you can leave your browser open and listen to hours of Disney Park sounds and Disney music. Also, we'd love for you to give us a call. Our phone number is 317-WDW-DADS. That's 317-939-3237. Leave us a message. Tell us a little bit about your Disney passions, and we can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. Justin, hold up. Don't forget they can send us a text at the exact same number. Yeah, definitely. Get a hold of us. Send us a text message. You got something on your mind about Disney? We can't wait to hear about it. From the Disney Dads, we hope you have a magical day, an incredible week, and always keep it Disney. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. You can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. This is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, Walt Disney World is home to some of the most recognizable intellectual properties on the planet. And one of the most common questions we hear is, when are they going to make a ride for so-and-so? Building new attractions takes a lot of time and money, but repurposing older, outdated rides to become something else entirely often brings a more cost-effective option. So today, for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are reimagining Disney attractions with new intellectual properties. And the e-ticket attraction this week is brought to you by our good friends over at Kingdom Strollers. For all of your crib or stroller rental needs in the Orlando area, Kingdom Strollers will deliver right to your Disney resort. Okay, so we have five that we came up with together. Uh, Five attractions that maybe are a little stale or even just would be served well by having a, um, a, a a little bit of new life injected into them. I mean, they've done it so many times successfully. Indeed. You have to think, you know, they could still ride that formula. Oh, absolutely. Um, So, like I said, we have five here. And, I mean, you know, we all have our, like, our favorite intellectual Disney properties that we wish could there, there could be more. And whether it's just a legal thing, like with Marvel, or whether it's just, like, maybe it's our favorite, but, like, you know, other people don't really, it's not popular enough to merit its own, like, attraction. Because you got to think these attractions have to be intellectual properties that will stand the test of time. I mean, that definitely has to be a concern. You'd always heard, uh, you know, people want more Phineas and Ferb at one point. Right. But- but you knew Phineas and Ferb is finite. Well, that's so. why you don't see a lot of attractions focusing around Disney television shows. It's more like, right, you know, a lot of right. Disney movies are immortal, like, you know, Snow White, yeah, no, Cinderella, absolutely. Aladdin, all that, all that good stuff. But then you have like, you know, they were never going to make a great mouse detective attraction because it's not a movie that has the staying power. 
It's funny, though. I feel like a lot of the movies he's done recently, you even look at something like Tangled, is kind of like a modern classic, right? I mean, people yeah. adore that movie. Oh, you know something we forgot to talk about in the news? If we can take a quick detour for a second? Hit me. The Maleficent dragon catching on fire. Yeah. How about that? I thought that was just a new feature. Yeah, like I sent you the video, and I was just kind of like, whoa. So what happened was uh, the, during the Festival of Fantasy Parade, the Maleficent dragon, the steampunk dragon that we all love so much, the yep. head fully caught on fire. Now, what was the reaction by like cast members? I don't know. I wasn't there, but the videos, like everybody's just like, oh my goodness. Like the parade obviously stops. What I thought was really interesting was the parade stopped. But, like, the video that I was watching panned back over to, like, the Mickey and Minnie balloon and, like, all the characters out there. And they were right. all still dancing around and, like, entertaining right. people and interacting with guests. And, oh, no, don't look at the fire. Don't look at the raging inferno. <laughs> Just, you know. I don't know if the rest of the parade kept going. I just wonder, like, what do you do there? Well, I mean, like, it was a bad fire. Like, you, when you're watching it, like, you see it in fire, and the hydraulics are still working. So the full range of animation of the of the float is still going. And then, like, you see, like, pieces of it start falling off. But That's you know what? Crazy. To Disney's credit, nobody was hurt. Um, you know, they, they took care of it. They, they extinguished it. They... Uh, here's my here's the question everyone's been asking do they repair the dragon and put it back in the parade or have we seen the last of this maleficent dragon man i mean that's kind of like i don't know i don't know if i want to say centerpiece but for me it is it is of the whole parade so i mean like, i feel like when, they got to get it back out there when the um when the parade was first like presented to us like that was the image that everyone showed was that dragon Remember something else, too. I mean, we're like crazy Disney heads and we like love looking up news and things that right. are going on. But, you know, 90 percent of your traveling public or in Disney World right now are just there on vacation and still call the rides by the wrong names. And you know what I mean? Right. Like, they call they Studios MGM. And... Right. So I, I think they can get it back out there. I don't think people would be worried or, you know, I'm sure they can fix whatever the problem was. We have problem. I'm sure. But now here's here's another question. If it does come back, does it still breathe fire? Huh. You know, I got to be honest with you. I think you could have it come out and not breathe fire, and I'd be okay with it. I really like the look of it. But I mean, how many years did it take for that thing to actually catch on fire? I wonder why. It's it's weird. It's odd Disney has like a miscue like this because you're just not used to it. But Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... How many people do you think went to guest relations and just being like, the sight of fire has ruined my trip. Give me 50,000 no fast passes. I guess no one went there and said, uh, those parade ropes saved my life today. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd control cast members finally getting some due. Yep. Because yep, the parade control it. cast members are, are like historically the most the most battered cast members in the history oh, yeah. of Disney. Oh, like, absolutely. The, the most thankless job in the history of the world. Yep. What do you mean I can't cross in the middle of this parade? This is your fault, Jeremy. I mean, they're like the only people, I I would never say rude, but they're the only people that maybe have to be more forceful than every other cast member. Yes. Because like people just want to ignore them. Yep. Uh, But yeah, so, you know, big fire, big commotion, big to do. Um, all right, back to this. So you ready to jump into our list here? Now, these are in no particular order. Right. We just kind of um, put them all together and um, 
you know, does that, uh, you know what, let's get the restaurant, we, we have a restaurant on the list. Let's get that out of the way first. Yeah, I didn't know if that really counted, but uh, to me, this seems like a total no-brainer. It does. And what we're doing, folks, is we are reimagining Tony's Town Square Ristorante, which is right in uh, right on Main Street, USA, right in that first hub, not the central hub, but the first hub as you walk in. And it's right next to uh, the Main Street Theater, which is where you meet Mickey Mouse and Tinkerbell. Tony's Town Square is already connected to an intellectual property. It is connected to Lady and the Tramp. Um, it's kind of loosely connected to Lady and the Tramp. So you have the music, you have the spaghetti and meatballs, and you have the um, the paw prints outside. That's about it. Uh, so, Pete, why don't you take us through what we want to do I, with this? I moment. always, I think it's absolutely crazy that there is no Tiana's place on Disney property. Absolutely. I mean, we have a Disney princess who owns a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy that no one has... I mean, they had, someone had to have thought about it, but they're just not doing it. This is such a no-brainer. Right. Well, I, I mean... Good. I, I don't get it. Like, it has to be done. Absolutely. And you know what? At first, when we were, were, we were talking about this, um, you know, we were, like, spitballing ideas about where it could go. The Plaza Restaurant in the main hub of uh, Main Street is too, um, is too small to accommodate something like that. Uh, all the other themed lands of... The Magic Kingdom, I don't think would really fit. Um, you know, it's after the era of Liberty Square, so it wouldn't go there. Um, <clears throat> so Main Street USA kind of feels like the right time period and the right place for it. Um, <clears throat> also, like, uh, the, you know, the Port Orleans Resort, but they're not going to put that in a resort. They're not going to put it in Disney Springs. It's an IP no, I mean, property. Yeah. It's going it's I agree. Going to park. I mean- that would be the type of thing if they put Tiana's place in Port Orleans, it would be called Tiana's place and like wouldn't really have much going on. I mean, you can put this inside of Magic Kingdom and it would give you an, you know, a, an e-ticket eating attraction. Right. Like be our guest is. Now, I mean, I haven't. So, I mean, the beautiful thing is Tony's Town Square is not huge, but you're right next to that big empty area they were going where they were going to build that new theater. So yep. you have room to build out a little bit for it. And so you can make it a little bit bigger. You make it a character meal. You get your picture with Tiana before the, you know, before you go in, like you do at um, Cinderella's Royal table with Cinderella and you do yep. like Naveen and Louie and stuff like that. Or you have a animatronic uh, or you have a band up there, which is the Firefly five plus Lou and you have you have Louis the alligator be or Louis the alligator be a um, animatronic. I think it's a no brainer. I cannot believe no one's done this yet. That that would I mean right because Magic Kingdom right away not a lot of great eating options. Right. I mean we always say they need more. Even when they add new stuff, we're like yeah they still need more. I mean this is your premier park. This is where people go every day. You know there's no real off days at Magic Kingdom. You, know, you always need restaurants. I'm realizing you could have retooled the Crystal Palace for it, but I would never. No, I, I don't think never. anybody would. No. Yeah. Um, I, Tony's Town Square, I mean, every time I've ever brought up the idea of going there, I get shouted down by people. So, I mean, I've never been to it. I know you said you were at it your first trip ever, and yeah. you didn't love it. No. So, there you have it, folks. So, you take that, you, you transform it into Tiana's place, and you've got a whole new revitalized character meal experience in the Magic Kingdom. Um, what What is your favorite place to eat in the Magic Kingdom right now? Be our guest, I'm assuming, right? You know, I'll tell you what. I'll say it is Crystal Palace, just on frequency. Yeah. Because that is, you know, where I told you we had dinner there last time. We always have breakfast there. 
Um, if I had to pick a dinner spot, though, like one great meal, yeah, I mean, it would have to be Be Our Guest. It's just mine is, that's the uh, one that kind of impresses everyone. Yeah, I mean, mine is Liberty Tree. Hands down, Liberty Tree. I like Liberty Tree. Yeah, I haven't been there in a while, too. I mean, yeah, I would next, like to do Liberty Tree again. Next time you're in the world, you should go. I mean, I, I like going, for, like I've said before, I like going for the lunch because it's got that awesome burger. Right. But the, the family-style dinner is also really great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, ever since uh, Be Our Guest came in, I haven't really gone there. So it's been a couple of years at this point. But, yeah, maybe I will uh, pencil that in. You know, the hard thing is for me is that, you know, going there and typically flying so I don't have a vehicle of my own there. Right. Magic Kingdom is always the wonderful place that you can go and go to the Contemporary or go to the Polynesian because mm-hmm. it's just a monorailway. And then you can monorail back to Magic Kingdom for at night. So typically if we're doing Ohana or something like that, that's our our night to do it is a magic kingdom night, which right. maybe is part of their thinking in the way they structure restaurants for the park. But I, I still think, yeah, I always would, use something else. I would call that accurate. Um, right. All right. So our next one is we are reimagining the Tomorrowland Speedway. Now this is an attraction that is just very famously, um, I, I mean, like we we decry it all the time here on Two Minutes of the Mouse. It's it's it, it takes up a lot of real estate. It's not connected to anything. It is ugh, it's just bleh. it's just there. It just kind of sits there and it smells horrible. Um, so my idea for this one was to retool the Tomorrowland Speedway into the Sugar Rush Racetrack. It would definitely change the appearance right away. Most certainly. And you can keep it with the whole thing of Tomorrowland is that you're inside a video game. Uh, you put the candy canes and the gumdrops and all that cool stuff. You put like that fudge mountain or the soda mountain or whatever it was, um, you know, from from Wreck-It Ralph. And you retool the cars to be like the candy cars. I mean, it would definitely be an inexpensive refurb in the sense that there's so much grass area inside of the track that you could almost have structures built i don't mean crazy structures but you know candy structures built the cars you're just talking straight deco at this point so you're really talking paint job only right yeah totally and i mean even the little shop they have outside that little kind of stand thing Mm -hmm. that sells like i guess like nonsense you could sell like the hats because that's like the big thing right all the racers have like their crazy hats yeah i mean it would be a super duper cheap like refurb. I mean, like, but it would be great. And colors alone, when you roll by that on the train, you would, you'd really, it would really stand out. Oh, totally. I mean, I would stand there and you know what? And it also gives you an opportunity. If you don't want to just paint the cars, if you want to actually like get a new fleet for it, uh, you can get some more eco-friendly cars that don't smell like burning oil. Well, didn't they just they just got new cars, right? Didn't Honda put all the cars in? I don't I don't know. I didn't hear that because it's I I walked by the other day and it still reeked. You're right, because I went on it not that long ago and it was I I think you're thinking of Disneyland because that's something we would have covered on the show. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you had the idea you you were saying uh, you could also do it with cars. Yeah, I think cars would be the easiest and maybe more profitable version because cars is still so big for kids. But I mean, if I could choose my which one I would like, I would I would much rather be uh, Wreck It Ralph, just because I think that's such a great idea and so bright. Is it just me? Like the trailers for Wreck It Ralph too? Are you excited for it? Well, I am. You know, if there's one thing I've learned <sighs> with a lot of these movies: you cannot really judge it by the trailer. Not for Disney Pixar type movies. I suppose. Um, it just 
they don't give you a whole lot. Well, Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck Ralph is just Disney Studios. It's right, not. just Disney, right. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, I got to say, like, The Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph 2, I'm looking at the trailers and I'm just kind of like, I don't really know if I want to see this right away. Oh, I can't wait to see Incredibles. I mean, I can't wait just because it's The Incredibles, but I don't know. It just doesn't look that great. But, again, I might be judging a book by its cover. I listen, I remember seeing the trailer for Monsters, Inc., right, uh-huh. which showed you nothing from the movie. It was just Mike and Sully doing kind of like stand up almost. Right. Right. And so it's Billy Crystal and then he's doing his thing. And I was like, oh, man, coming off of the hits that they had just had. Right. right. Toy Story 2, I believe, was the movie they had right before. And I was like, that movie just could not be good. And then it came out and it was wonderful, you know, and you knew nothing really about what the movie was about by those trailers. So some movies, you need them to give you a lot. And some movies you kind of just go see because of, you know, your faith in the product they're going to deliver. So something like Incredibles 2, which I know I can take, you know, my kids to. I, mm. I can't wait to see it. You know what? I mean, I'm going to give it. A, I'm obviously going to see it. I'm going to give it a chance. I got the movie passed. What do I have to lose? Uh but like I said, I'm just not super excited. Now, Wreck It or do you like Wreck It Ralph one? I love Wreck It Ralph one. Wreck It Ralph and The Incredibles are two of my favorite movies. Hmm, that's interesting. And I mean, like, besides like w- Captain America: Winter Soldier, what sequel really surpasses the original in your mind? Wait a minute, are you talking all time? Well, first, first take, it, first take it Disney and then give me a couple of your all time. Um, well, Disney, I mean, I don't think any of them do because most of them don't get sequels. Right. So but like the sequels that happen, like Toy Story 2, Cars 2. Toy Story 2 is better than Toy Story 1. I don't think so. Oh, no. It's a no brainer. No, I like Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1, 1 yes, I understand it's introductory, but it's also, you know, rudimentary in like their their style because they're just really doing it. And it was groundbreaking. But the things they do in to- Toy Story 2 is, to me, the gem of the Toy Story franchise. Sid is not a great, like, character they're still all over the place where you can see the original right where like woody's kind of practically a bad guy in that movie yeah you can still see it well i I mean he does try to hit another toy with a car right not try (laughs) succeeds i mean toy story 2 to me is just the the gem of that just because i mean you successfully introduce you know a a major character and jesse and and bullseye and Mm. i i love everything about Toy Story 2. I mean, I, I love Toy Story. I love Toy Story 2, but I don't know. Toy Story 1's got a special place in my heart. Toy Story 1 didn't try to make me feel things and cry. Oh, I don't mind that. I love being able to, you know, have emotion evoked from seeing these movies. Uh, I tell you, if I'm ever listening to, like, Spotify or something like that, and that that When She Loved Me song comes on, I, I it's a day ruiner. Really? Yeah, it's a day ruiner. I mean, I think that's the reason why my daughter won't get rid of any toy she's ever had ever. But yeah, probably I, that, I like that song turns people into hoarders. Um, but honestly, other than that, Disney doesn't have too many sequels, right? I mean, they do, but they're intended to be lesser. They're mostly products. Pixar sequels. I mean, you know, if you're looking at like the made-for-home video sequels, I mean, those right? Are yeah, kind of, but, I'm not counting Cinderella three. Uh, but I will say the best, the best sequels that they made for like direct to video uh lion king 2 simba's pride is probably yeah. my favorite one yeah i agree it's a good one and but you know what i would say it's my favorite one tied with the return of jafar 
Uh, the Aladdin ones lose me a little bit. I don't dislike them. Return to Far is the second one or the third the one? Fir- that's the second one. Um, the and then the third one. one was Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which I also love. Right. Yeah, I remember. Now, the third one had Robin Williams back? Yes, Robin Williams came back for the King of Thieves. I remember. It was a little confusing. Um, you know what's pretty good? Have you ever seen, I believe it's called Return to Neverlands? No, I've not seen that. It actually had a theatrical release. It's not just like a straight to VHS. I think I do I remember it, seeing that. Like not yeah, seeing it was actually it. pretty good. Uh, listen, I'm not going to tell you it's very pure pan, but um, for a movie that they thought well enough to release in the theaters, I thought it was was decent. Was that the one where it was like it was supposed to be a direct video, and they were like, "Yeah, let's put it in theaters." Maybe because I mean it does have a direct video feel to it. I was surprised when they put it out in the theaters, and it wasn't to some great fanfare. There weren't like a ton of commercials or promotions for it. Well, but I mean, it did... you know, Walt wasn't a fan of sequels, right? He always wanted to do something new instead of going back. Like they people asked him if there was going to be a second Three Little Pigs, and he said, "You don't follow pigs with pigs." Right. I I mean, how can you not like you know love that? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, sequels are just looked at as cash grabs on something that was popular. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Disney sequels being what they are. Uh, but yeah, never. I never saw Return to Neverland. I will. I will say the thing I liked about the Aladdin sequels, though, was that they tied in with the animated series. Right. That's pretty cool. I maintain that's the best animated series to a movie Disney's ever done. I mean, Stitch did the same thing, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Uh, okay, so moving along, uh, we're going to Hollywood Studios with the Rockin' Roller Coaster. Um, now, this is one of those, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, I, you know, Disney clearly does not want to continue its relationship with Aerosmith. <laughs> I think that much has been kind of clear by kind of the antagonistic right. things between them and Steven Tyler lately. Uh, right. But lately, I mean, like, the last couple years. So I would redo Rock and Roller Coaster into the Star Wars Lightspeed Adventure. It would fit right into Hollywood Studios because it's a salute to all cinema, but mostly Star Wars. Uh, right. And that first, like, zero to 60, like, could you imagine doing that, but instead of a limo, it looks like you're in, like, a spaceship, and the, they do, like, the effect with the stars coming at you? Yeah, yeah, be like, awesome. Instead take of, like, the, the three, two, one, you see the stars, like, slowly starting to move, and then, zoom, you just take off. Yeah, and you would have to do it so that the ship's, you know, the the hyperdrive is malfunctioning and you can't do it. And then, boom, you just, like, slam into it. You like, know like I mean? you slam, like, right into, like, the middle of, of some kind of big, like, battle. Right. Between the First Order or the Empire and the Rebellion of the First Order and the Resistance. And things are blowing up on the screens around you. Like, what a cool experience that would be. Like, do you, Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, gosh, that would be so neat. I mean, you know, think about it. In, in Disneyland, they have Hyperspace Mountain. They do. Well, I mean, they they don't have it all the time, right? No, I think it's back right now, though, actually. Is it? Oh, okay. They yeah, like so, I mean, It's like an overlay a, that they do. And it must be easy for them to do because they've done it multiple times. Yeah. You know, it also, you've, you've already got the speakers built into the, um, the seats, so you could play the Star Wars score. While you're That's going true. through, I mean, what a cool roller coaster that would be! I would go on it all. I don't even like that ride that much. I'd go on it every single time I'm in Hollywood. Studios. Yeah, you'd have to, right? Just like I hate Tower of Terror, but if they ever made it that Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout right. thing, I go on it every single time I'm there. Uh, okay, so our the next one we're taking. Hey, uh, w- let's stop one second. Sure. When are we going to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Dumbo making over my beloved haunted mansion? 
into the classic Eddie Murphy movie version. We're never going to talk about that yes. ever. Oh, that's not something people want? No, no. Animatronic Eddie Murphy's everywhere, like, like yeah. chewing the scenery We're... and screaming and running around, like running around with his forgetful children. <laughs> or forgettable children, not forgetful. Right. Uh, we, oh, you take out Madame Leota's head, put Jennifer Tilly in there. Yeah, it'd be great. I love oh, Jennifer totally. Tilly. Yeah. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, could you imagine if they did that? Like the way they put Captain Jack into Pirates. Right. Like, like they thought Haunted Mansion was going to be such a success. They just like planned for it before the movie even came out. Yep. Oh, man. That was Eddie Murphy is our new Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh man. A friend of mine just sent me a um a news article on something. It's only Disneyland, so don't get too excited, Walt Disney World folks. Apparently they've got a um a cup right now in Disneyland, like yeah, a souvenir cup true. that you know what I'm talking about. I do, of course. It's the infinity gauntlet. Yeah, it's a like uh um, wear it on your hand. It's a souvenir sipper. You could actually wear it over your whole arm, like your forearm and hands. <sighs> and where your actual like hand is, is where the straw goes. And it sold out immediately upon release. So I'm I sure. hope they keep making them. It's I like hope 20, it comes here. Bucks. Uh, I, I mean, it's weird. Why wouldn't it? Why you wouldn't know? it? Like, that sounds like a Hollywood Studios thing easily. And it can't, right. it can't be that they're not allowed to sell because I got that. I have this baby Groot. Uh, in a flower pot cup sitting on my uh, on my desk right now, right from Hollywood Studios. So, man, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Like, do you remember when Disney released the um, the Beauty and the Beast rose cup? Yeah, and it yeah, was and like it was sold out everywhere. Sold out everywhere. It was the big, huge thing. People people were going to. You could only get it at Be Our Guest. You had to have Be Our Guest. People were going to Be Our Guest. They were buying like eight of them at a time, selling them on eBay. Now. You can't get rid of those things in all of the um, all the stores, right? Yeah, because they made a zillion of them. Yeah, they made a zillion. So now, like, if you go into World of Disney, they're everywhere. I think the only drawback on something like that Infinity Gauntlet zipper is uh, it's huge. It is huge, but I mean, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. I know, but like, is everyone gonna get that? I don't know if everyone will get it. It's it's so big. It I is mean, super big. I mean, apparently enough people got it because it sold out instantly. Like, think about it like this. I would probably get one for novelty's sake. But yeah. as far as getting one with a fountain drink to use, like, during the day, I mean, what do you do with it all day? <laughs> I mean, I get it. I don't think you can, because I don't think they, they have free refills on them. Right. But, I mean, you're going to carry this thing around all day? It's really big. It is really big. It's like a full, like, infi- it's not quite as big <laughs> as the one that I bought from Rogue Comics, but... The, uh, right. It's pretty big. <clears throat> okay, so moving along, I'm going to let you do this one. Uh, Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. This was Pete's baby right here. What right, are we, now, what we, are we retooling this into? For it. Um, my idea, I mean, listen, we've, we've mentioned it before. These parks are desperate for something for the greatest Disney anime feature of all time, which is The Lion King. Yes. So I think about the technology that they use for... Uh, the Nemo ride and how, I mean, it's so cool and that works so wonderfully. You see yeah. the animated fish win the actual, you know, tanks. I think that's great. Uh, you couldn't do that, but there has to be a way on one of these walking trails to make it so that we could have some animatronics not be able to be seen by like the animals, but that it, we would be able to see that with the Savannah in the background. Yeah. 
like little rooms almost as you're walking through the, the one of these lengthy trails like you know and they could tie it in of course the conservation and I, I think it would be so great to see like you know to actually get to see your Lion King characters like in the park or even um, <clears throat> even just retool Rafiki's Planet Watch a little bit to be more inclusive of the Lion King yeah I would love to just find a way to be able to get to see Simba you know I know that that's yeah. the impossible thing like, I know you know you're not getting a Simba meet and greet or I would love to see something where you actually get to see some of these animals that's you know maybe you've never had a chance to see in Disney World before I mean what about the technology that gives you that Simba in Festival of the Lion King right like why not just that, that as a meet and greet cool. I know, uh, but we say that all the time, you know? Yeah, it moves its leg around, it moves its head. I mean, you know, obviously you're not going to have it talking, but not, Mickey doesn't, you know, Donald doesn't talk. Right. I almost said Mickey doesn't talk, which is not accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, my other idea was to make it, uh, I mean, and this is a far less good idea than the one Pete had, but my other idea was to make it Tarzan-themed because it ends with gorillas, and that's like, it could be like, right. you know, Tarzan taking you through the jungle to meet his gorilla family. And See, then, I think that's really cool as someone who loves Tarzan. I think that's awesome also. It's all five people that love Tarzan. Uh, you know what it is? I don't think that those walking trails are packed with people. They're not draws for the park. Uh, they can be pretty packed. I mean, like, yeah. when you get to the gorillas and stuff like that. or are they hip? Like, that's true because everyone goes and waits there. Yeah. I just think that, you know, this would really be a draw for, for them to show off their animals. Yeah, no, I agree. <clears throat> I agree with you 100%. Okay, and the last one, um, I probably shouldn't have saved this one for last because I, be I believe we have discussed this one. This, the, this was the, the, we discussed this idea on the show before, and it was kind of the catalyst to do this e-ticket attraction was the fact that I remembered this. And so Stitch's Great Escape, uh, hi historically the most reviled ride in all of Walt Disney World. For real uh it's just an unpleasant horrific experience uh my pitch is you take stitch's great escape and you retool it into rocket raccoon's great escape and it's one uh, of I the mean, 20 something prisons that rocket raccoon has escaped from thematically it works it does you wouldn't even really have to change much you just kind of have to change like like the way some like the cartoony guns like make them not look that much better and listen stitch running around and burping chili into my face I can take her, you know, I can leave that. Like, I'm, that's a hard pass for me. But feeling Rocket Raccoon, like, jumping around all over the place and, like, shooting, you know, lighting up when shooting guns and stuff like that, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, it's amazing how many rides you could add Rocket to. I mean, it just makes total sense. But like a whole Rocket th theme park. I mean, this one, you know, listen, Tomorrowland, like, everything about it, like, you know, works. It does. Yeah. I mean,. <clears throat> with the guardians pretty much being one of the only properties that Disney can actually use it. I just, I want to see more Guardians stuff, you know, it would be great if they did like a group pre-show where he just spoke to you the entire time. Yeah. And gave you the pre-show spiel, but everything was just, I am Groot <laughs> gave you like the, keep your hands, arms, feet and leg legs inside, but it's just, I am Groot. I am Groot. I yeah. am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> right. They could put it in like, you know, subtitles underneath. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, and that is our list of five attractions. So to review was uh, Rocket Raccoon's Great Escape, Star Wars Lightspeed Adventure at a Rock and Roller Coaster, Sugar Rush Racetrack out of Tomorrowland Speedway, Tiana's Place out of Tony's Town Square Restaurante, and the Lion King Jungle Exploration out of Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. 
I would do all of those things. I would do all those. All of those things would have huge weights and be possible to get fast passes for. I completely agree. All right. So anything else you wanted to bring up this week? No, you got anything good? When are you going back to Disney? Um, I don't know. Probably the end of the week. Maybe a weekend or something like that. We'll see. I don't have any plans yet. So um, hopefully get there soon. I am, I'm just kind of buried right now in work. I'm shocked we were actually able to get the show in this week, but I'm happy we were. Uh, all right. So without any further ado, then uh, that's going to do for Two Men in the Mass this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us and for, for indulging us this little e-ticket attraction. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. We'd love to hear what you guys would reimagine different attractions as. Um, you know, please let us know and, you know, if, if possibly we can read them on the show in a future episode. Uh, please, folks, uh, if you love Peter Mandel, and who doesn't? We, you know, we all love Pete. Check him out over at Rogue Comics. It is the two men in the mouse character meet and greet. You can go meet Pete. Uh, he's not on social media, but he is at Rogue Comics every single day. So it's 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Or if you can't get over there, just take a trip over to RogueComics.com, or you can find a link to Pete's eBay store, where he's always got some great stuff going on over there. If you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world, or Universal Orlando Resort, please talk to our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can always find Dave by sending him an email Dave DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net That's DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net uh, Folks, if you're renting a crib or stroller for your next Disney vacation, please check out our friends over at Kingdom Strollers who will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. If you're looking for, if you're a college football fan that's looking for a familiar voice to present some of the great college football news to you every single weekday check out our friend Dimitri Ivanos over at Chewing Clock his new podcast which you can find over on iTunes Stitcher and at armchairallamericans.com and uh, folks if you are looking for a great family friendly podcast uh, to further your Disney addiction please check out the Disney Dads podcast they're tremendous I love listening to those guys send them uh, your Disney wishes to be read to be played aloud on the air from your children uh, great family friendly podcast by, by three dads who love 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 Disney alright folks uh, that does it for this week Pete any closing words uh, I can't wait to do this again I just realized you were in a gizmo duck shirt and I love it yeah yeah <laughs> alright folks please keep the magic alive every day of your lives and we will see you next week on two men and the mouse if you're standing please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open if this concludes your visit we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely thank you for traveling with us